Today on this episode of the PV Roundup Special Spotlight. Now, mind you, a newer form of interferon. So here we had a study that was presented out of Hong Kong with a ropegulated interferon alpha 2b approved in the United States for patients with polycythemia vera. The logical question, you know, what could that benefit be for those individuals treated with early myelofibrosis? Today, Drs. Lucia Masarova and Ruben A. Mesa join the podcast to discuss updates from EHA 2023 in this PV Roundup Specialist Spotlight. All opinions expressed are those of the presenters and do not necessarily reflect the views of this educational initiative's supporters. Hello, I am Lucia Masarova from MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. And with me is Dr. Ruben Mesa from Rake Forest University School of Medicine in Wisconsin, Southern North Carolina. We'll be today talking about the most important abstract that we've seen at the EHA in Frankfurt, Germany in regards to myelofibrosis. And I'm very pl- pleased for all of you to join us. I think we've heard a uh, lot of data that may impact clinical practice. We had uh, a lot of uh, oral presentations as well as fantastic scientific and clinical posters. Uh, if, you, if you mind me, I would like to start with the novel data or novel agents in myelofibrosis, where we know we have um, currently quite a good role of JAK inhibition and JAK inhibitors are rolling into the clinical practice, but we also are exploring more non-JAK inhibition drugs. Particularly one that uh, caught my attention at EHA was naftamaplin, the uh, MDN2 inhibitor, where uh, we know it's a major negative regulator of TP53, where it's been explored in patients with myelofibrosis, and the drugs this year gained three oral presentations. Very interesting scientific presentation for the role of the agent in patients with more accelerated phase, where we're all looking forward to seeing that it may be clinical practice soon. But more importantly, the updates on naftamaplin to raxilitinib in patients with suboptimal response, as well as the probably and hopefully survival data shown in refractory setting. So let me get you a little bit more of the details. The naftamaplin is an oral agent that has been explored in a clinical trial in patients with suboptimal or refractory myelofibrosis in the different doses. The currently moved on uh, dose schedule is 240 microgram- milligrams taken seven days in a row, 21 days up. And then the, the data that were presented at EHA, one included patients with suboptimal response as an add-on approach to unstable dose of raxolitinib, where we have seen, as we would kind of expect, very nice additional responses and spleen volume reduction or symptoms in 32% of patients, respectively for both endpoints. What caught really my attention was that these patients were truly suboptimal. This patient might have been taking raxolitinib for up to 10 years and were even on a high dose of Jacobi or raxolitinib, up to 25 mg twice a day, and still add on naftamatlin showed interesting and very promising results. Another part of this presentation that was very nice was showing changes in bone marrow fibrosis as well as JAK2 allyl burden that might possibly correlate with different outcomes. Very similar presentation and even more focused on the possible, what we call a disease modification or changes in disease behavior, was presented with the same agent in patients with relapsed refractory myelofibrosis. In this study, 
Naftamatlin showed as a monotherapy in refractory setting also interesting responses, but more importantly, there were a data that showed possible survival benefit in patients that achieve reduction in jack 2 allyl burden by 20%, as well as patients that had normalization of the CD34 positive cells. That we know they ex- overexpress the MDN2 that then interacts with the TP53 and basically possibly alters the disease. And now the Madeline is designed to bind to this compound and prevent its interaction, thus allowing TP53 to do the job. So this particular presentation, were very well attended and very interesting. And we are, I hope, all be very much interested in looking at this agent to move forward. What about you, Ruben? Well, it was a very interesting conference. You know, many new mechanisms of action being discussed in addition to our JAK inhibitors. Uh, I think you covered one of the agents really well. Uh, I'm going to first cover one of the older agents in a way, interferons, but interferons with JAK inhibition. Now, mind you, a newer form of interferon. So here we had a study that was presented out of Hong Kong with a ropegulated interferon alpha 2b approved in the United States for patients with polycythemia vera. The logical question, you know, what could that benefit be for those individuals treated with early myelofibrosis? So here these individuals are early myelofibrosis in HK treated with, uh, with, uh, ropegulate interferon, uh, and good evidence of activity uh, in terms of responses at the genomic allele burden, uh, decreases in elevated counts, decreases in splenomegaly, and some improvement in symptoms. So I think very intriguing. You know, should we use this therapy earlier in the course of disease? To some degree, this helps to complement some of the data presented by our colleagues John Jakilajan at ASH in 2022, when they were looking at pegylated interferon alpha 2A, along with ruxolinda for patients with more advanced myelofibrosis. So excited, we're looking at multiple new mechanisms of action, but interferons we know are very active in earlier MPNs, PV and ET, and I think early MF is a logical piece with that. Now I know, Lucio, one of the drugs is really creating quite a bit of buzz out there in phase three trials, uh, and from the phase two data is palabrasib, the bed inhibitor. Uh, any, any updates you wanted to share with us? Yeah, thank you very much for that question. Uh, that is another very interesting agent that uh, also was presented with the data updates on the EHA Congress. Uh, palabrasib is a bromodomain inhibitor that has been evaluated in a little bit complicated phase two manifest study, which actually had four arms. It had patients with monotherapy that failed drug inhibitor, and then our two or three that were updated were add-on to raxolitinib in suboptimal responders, and then frontline in combination with raxolitinib in patients not exposed to drug inhibition. From these studies, I actually really appreciated the updates to see the durable responses that were achieved either in add-on or in frontline setting. Because I think that's going to be a very important point from us using a combination therapy, not only to see deeper and better responses, but also to see a durable responses. One interesting update that was presented this year was to use palabrasib in patients with essential thrombocytemia. So not myelofibrosis, but ET, which is more so-called benign disease, 
However, we could encounter quite significant incidents of refractory T2 frontline treatment, which is hydroxyurea. And Anifest forearm was actually to explore palabrasic in patients with refractory ET to hydria as a monotherapy, which I think was quite interesting to show the efficacy or activity in these patients, because these patients are still endangered to have progressive counts, progressive symptoms, increased risk of vascular complications. And what palabrasic here showed was complete hematologic remission that was confirmed on at least two consecutive updates or um, blood work, where in 40% of these patients, overall hematologic remission achieved by almost 90% of all patients. But what I liked the most was control of leukocytosis that was achieved in over 95% of patients refractory, previously refractory to hydroxyurea, as well as a control of symptoms in more than 50% of these patients. One would think that patients with ET don't really deserve too much attention for their symptoms, but quite contrary. These patients particularly that are refractory to hydroxyurea could be very symptomatic. So seeing 50% improvements in total symptom score was, for me, quite intriguing in refractory setting. Very interesting, very interesting. Uh, again, I think this uh, agent has created, I think, some of the greatest interest in an approvable combination, multiple ongoing phase three studies. Uh, this will be a very interesting one, in addition to it is like naftamadlin, as well as uh, nevidoclax and others in combination. The final abstract I wanted to highlight that's very interesting is a JAK inhibitor developed out of China called Jakitinib. That is a JAK1, JAK2, and ACVR1 inhibitor. Uh, and they presented data in a randomized study compared to hydroxyurea as frontline therapy to improve spleen symptoms and anemia. With, with evidence, I'll, I'll benefit in all three of those. And in non-randomized data, data in terms of rates of efficacy that certainly seem uh, comparable with the other JAK inhibitors that now have been approved or almost approved, like uh, mamalodinib. Now, there was much discussion at the meeting regarding hydroxyurea as a comparator arm. Although I am mindful in many parts of the world, hydroxyurea still is used in some circumstances as frontline therapy, although certainly by U.S.-based treatment guidelines, uh, a JAK inhibitor would be preferable. From my end, I'm excited to see any additional new therapies that may be beneficial for patients. Patients might be resistant or refractory to any number of agents, and again, some of these may well have benefits uh, in combinations. So, Lucio, I'll hand it back to you, but, but I'm excited by the progress in myelofibrosis as well as the multiple new agents with different mechanisms of action that are being tested. I couldn't agree more with you. I am, I'm really excited for the times that we are having more and more uh, JAK inhibitors. They are safer. They have a deeper responses. Um, we are having non-JAK inhibitor drugs that have different mechanisms. I'm hoping they will be moving more into more advanced patients so we can finally achieve what we call a disease modification. Thank you very much for this fantastic discussion. I hope that the discussion was informative and useful for your practice and patients with myelofibrosis. And that's today's Specialist Spotlight. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PV Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. 
Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, Medical News Router, just ask, what's my Flash Briefing? Thanks today to our guests, Drs. Masarova and Mesa. Join me next time for the episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine.